I am excited about today and being able to celebrate Christmas. And I don't know about you in your home, but on Christmas morning, before our kids tear into all that they're anticipating is under the tree, right, they, uh, we make them pause, and we always read the story of Christmas from the Bible, right, the most historically accurate text on the planet. And so we were like, man, if we're going to read how this, you know, the birth of Jesus, this is what we're redeeming this holiday to celebrate, right? And I, so I'm like, this has to be read. And so we, uh, we have various different books that tell the story. So we might do it from the Bible or we might just do it from a book. But thank you for those who came up and read during that time just to really celebrate Christmas. If all goes well, we'll actually post that on our website. So if on Christmas morning you want to force them to listen to what the Bible says about Christmas before they open presents, it's kind of like this torture moment, right? In a good way. And uh, some of the teens in here are like, shut up, dude. That's not even cool. You're going to make me wait? I want to open before mom and dad get up. So no, you'll be sleeping in. No worries. Here we go. Uh, here's what we're talking about today. We're talking about light. And, uh, and, and I want to really just unpack what we see in the Bible and how it, it correlates that Jesus is the light and what that actually means for you and me to, today, right here and now. How does this apply to us? What can we do this week that is different because we discovered this is in this, this Bible? And uh, in, our, in our darkest moment, ultimately, God sent us the light. And, and he did that years ago, and he's still doing it today. That's what's so cool about this. Um, I love that God, right from the beginning, you know, and we can read throughout the Scripture, you know, he, he said, let there be light, right? And it was like the world began to come together. We see even in the, the instance of the Magi, the only way that they could find their way to where Jesus was was this light, this, this star in the east. And that's how they knew that all these stories lined up with this star, these magi, these had to have some sort of uh, astronomy background to be able to find their way. It all revolved around light, right? How about the shepherds in the field at night? Think of this. I mean, you've gone camping, right? It's like pitch black. They're out there under the night sky, it's dusty in the context of where they're located in our world. It's, it's probably still warm, right? And all of a sudden, there's this great commotion, and, and angels are saying, you know, unto us a child is born. And, and we always see that dramatized with what? A great light, right? It's like, oh, you know, and this light shones around them with like a great Instagram-ish hue to it going, you know, it's like, oh yeah, okay, I can see how they, they filtered this moment just for the, you know, anyway. I look at that and I go, glory of God surrounded them. What does that look like? It, it, it was probably involved light. Now, I don't necessarily think, you've seen all the manger scenes out there, right? I don't necessarily think like baby Jesus was glowing. Have you ever seen those nativities? It's like, oh, let's plug him in. <laughs> you know, it was like, but, you know, unless there was a lot of radiation there and they had some technology we weren't aware of yet. But that's, you see that. That's not really what I'm speaking about today. Uh, little ra radioactive baby Jesus, not who we're celebrating. Uh, since the earliest prophecies, and these are like basically predictions, 
The word prophecy is this fancy word for predictions about God sending his son. And they happened for years and years and hundreds of years, right, before Jesus showed up on the scene in this manger born of a virgin. There's all these predictions. And one of them says this in Isaiah 9-2. This prophet Isaiah said this. He said, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Like that's how he spoke about Jesus. And then get this, hundreds of years later, Jesus speaks about himself in John 12, 46 in the Bible. It says that he said, I've come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Isn't that awesome? God's desire is that you and I would not, as you sit in a dark room, <laughs> that you and I would not remain in darkness. First point, if you're a fill-in-the-blanker on your uh, little handout, we give you all the texts that we're referring to today, and so you could take it home and read it on your own pace. See, we really believe that the Bible is like life-giving, so we give that all to you so that you can read it later or whatever, but uh, the first point is Jesus was the light. I already kind of gave you that, but Jesus was the light. You don't have to think very hard to, to, to realize the significance in our world of, of light. You don't have to think at all about it. Um, I don't know about you. I live right on the other side of 214th in, in, in Buckley, and when the wind blows, usually like our power goes out. Generator is a, a hot commodity in this community, right? So if it, if it blows, it hasn't yet this year, and let me just knock on some wood there, but you know, we've been pretty good so far. Uh, my, some of my Christmas lights unplugged in the wind, but that's just besides the point. That's because there's too many of them. But I, I, was, I was looking at the reality of when it gets dark in our home, our kids go nuts. They love it, and they want us to not use the generator, even though we have it. We kind of don't want our food to go bad and stuff like it did years ago when it was out for days and everything froze. So we're like, you know, okay, well, let's play this game a little bit, and, and we'll let it be dark for a while, all right? And it gets so dark. Isn't it crazy? You don't realize how much light things like the little blue hue from the oven timer give to the kitchen. You know, you can actually find your way around. Or like if we have the dishwasher closed, it's got a pretty bright green light that kind of just gives this little hue in the kitchen, you know, and, and you kind of, you know, look around the house and there's different things. And, you know, we've got a street light out on the street that brings some kind of ambiance into the home. And you're like, wow, like light is everywhere and it does affect what we do. But when you get to like that pitch blackness, it makes even like the faintest light, like, those li like that little green light on the dishwasher. I, I know this from this morning when I woke up and came downstairs. I wanted to walk through this talk one final time, and, and, and so I was like coming down, and it was pitch black still at 530, and that little green light was just like lighting up the kitchen. I was like, that is hilarious because I was going to talk about the blue light over here, but that little green light in pitch blackness makes a big difference. And I still had all that ambient other light, and that thing still was going crazy. Have you ever had your eyes completely adjusted to darkness? I know some of you in the room have because you camp 
and ride horses into places that are just crazy. But, uh, but you know, there's like, you get to that place of pitch blackness, and your eyes adjust to it so much that you can, like, find your way around a little bit. There's just somehow the stars even are enough light a little bit to get you around. But then somebody does that deal with a flashlight, right? And they're just like, right in your face, and you're like, ah, you know, and you feel like you're melting on the Wizard of Oz or something, melting, and you, but that's painful. Or you're in a dark room, and your parents come in, students, and crank on your lights and say, it's time for school, and you're like, it's a snow day, please let it, you know, and you're just like, ah, my eyes are radiating, how can I go to school now, I'm hurt. So there's those moments where it, like, is painful. That's what is being spoken of here in the text. God's given us an illustration because, you see, what had happened before Jesus showed up on the scene? We can read the Old Testament, the first, like, half of this Bible, and it's all these guys speaking towards the coming Jesus, and, and, and God's helping them try to live by the law and righteousness, which isn't working at all. And so he's promising them hope in his son coming as king. And so they're, they're talking about it all the time in the Old Testament. Well, all of a sudden, they go dark on prophecy. For over 400 years, God doesn't give them a fresh revelation. There's no demonstrations of the power of God. Like, they're passing from generation to generation this story about how the son is coming, and they're still religiously committed but year after year after year, nothing. Generation. Father says to son, follow God, because he's sending his son. And then they grow old, they die. And they say, to, it could be in your time. Follow the Lord, because he's coming. And then they die. And then another generation, and another generation. That's why it says the people are walking in darkness. Think of how hope would fade, right? 400 years. We don't think that long nowadays. It's like, if my internet doesn't connect in two seconds, I'm out of this room because I have to use my own data plan. You know, it's like, no, we're just, we don't have 400-year patience. That's slow. That's not even LTE. That's bad speed, right? 400 years. So God is in this spot where it's been quiet, and then bam, light. You have to imagine that some of the people were like, this is, this is crazy. Like all of a sudden, God's speaking to religious devout people. He's speaking to shepherds. He's speaking to magi. It's kind of like threatening. It's, they kind of got used to walking in darkness. So there's this experience that God's coming into to say, hey, here's the light you've been waiting for. What are you used to? Right? Like what is your life right now? If you were to just kind of take an inventory of your life, are there desires that you would love there to be some light shed on. God wants to shed light on your scenario, your context, your world. Any needs you would like to, to shed light on today, God's saying, okay, let's, let's do this. Let's light this up through my son, Jesus. Dana, my, my wife and I, we have gone to a few different holiday parties out there, and it's interesting to see how people light their homes. Um, I, I know for some reason we have this tendency when people are coming over to turn all the lights on, but we realized during this Christmas season that's just not cool anymore. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll like, chung, 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 you know, our, I don't know why we do that because we make it as dark as we can here, right? But it's like at home for some reason we always kick all the lights on and, and, and then 
we've gone to these holiday parties and it's like, oh, there's a candle. I'll go. You know, it's just dark, right? Uh, which is quite cooler when you're like lip syncing to the 80s and stuff. But anyway, it's just uh, some of the parties ended pretty funny. But I, I'm just going, you know, uh, yeah, darkness was good in some of those rooms. But I'm just going, you know, it, uh, interesting, the ambiance, the feel. We do still lean towards like dim, dark, whatever. Find that interesting. We just notice that. Light matters to people. So God was faced with the same deal. Light mattered to him. He wanted the right amount of light to come into the world, an ever-darkening world that was attempting generation after generation to live by all the rules, all 600 and some laws introduced in the Old Testament to live by. i got to obey all of them. i got to do all the festivals. i got to do all this. And he's like, let me just bring this to solution, and it all comes down to my son. I'm going to send him, just as predicted, through a virgin, and he is going to be called Emmanuel, son of God. He's going to bring hope and light to the world. He's going to illuminate things that some people don't want illuminated, but he's going to eradicate the need of you trying to live up to God's worthiness on your own strength. It's a beautiful story, really, when you get down to it. The darker it gets, the brighter the light is. We shouldn't fear darkness. We should see the opportunity there. The darker it gets, the greater the potential for light's impact. So when life gets tough and, and, and the darkness is surrounding you, uh, there's light, and that's kind of the purpose of our talk today, is to realize that in our darkest moment, God sent us light, and He, he did, and he still, he still does. Some would say faith is is for the weak. And before we read just a chunk of passages that are going to just really show us this reality of God's desire for light to impact our life, um, I wanted to just hit on this real quick because some say, man, you know, and you probably had a conversation. If, if you're a follower of Jesus already, you, you may have tried to share that with somebody before. And, and they're like, yeah, well, I just think, you know, church and religious stuff, that's just for weak people, right? The, the, the people who are desperate. I've been told that. And I'm like, okay, I... I get where you're coming from, and, and, but here's the deal. Maybe it's just the darker our life gets or the more desperate our life gets, that's when all of a sudden the light becomes more visible. We have a chance at that moment to grab a hold of Jesus. Not that we are weaker and not that God is brighter. It's we're both in a position to see the light that much more clearly. It's interesting if you think about it. Whatever that diagnosis was, God today wants you to find peace and hope and love. Jesus shines in that moment. Whatever you've lost, God wants to bring light and hope into your life. The peace you sense in a season of discomfort, that's divine comfort from God. God wants peace, hope, and love to lead you into a new reality this season to not walk in darkness any longer, but to walk in the light. So John 1, it's the, it's the, there's these gospel books in the New Testament of the Bible, right? They write about what Jesus did, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John writes about how much God loves us over and over again, but he opens up like with kind of an interesting little description about how we receive Jesus. Listen to this. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. So the Word was with God, the Word was God. 
He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. There it is again, right? The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him all the men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. He came to that which was his own but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born out of natural descent, or children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh, made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Wow. A light has come, Jesus, full of grace and truth and hope and peace. And we sing about it and we celebrate it during the season. We put out the nativity yeah, maybe you have white baby Jesus. I don't know. Blonde hair baby Jesus. Some of you, have you seen the nativity blonde? Maybe you have glowing baby Jesus. But Jesus came into the world. The light is Jesus. Came into darkness to bring hope, peace, love. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Jesus is the light for all, not just for a chosen line of people. This might be something we would think of reading through the Bible. We need to grasp this. It it includes you and me even now, right? Not just then, not just while he walked on this earth, before he was crucified, buried, rose again, ascended into heaven. This story is still active and alive in us. The time of Jesus, um, again, there had been silence for 400 years, right? 400 plus years, and all of a sudden this, this one of the religious elite, those who've just been faithful for generation after generation, it boggles me, but they were faithful generation after generation, finds himself hearing a word from God. God tells him that before he dies, he'll see the Son of God. Can you imagine sharing that with the other religious guys? Um, yeah, I kind of, you know, God told me. I know I, we haven't seen anything for hundreds of years, but I think before I die, I'm going to see, like, Jesus. Okay, Simeon's lost it, right? They're just like, this guy is crazy. Who knows how they treated him, but listen to what happens here. Simeon's story is in Luke 2, 25. It says, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. You might have thought somebody invited you and you just came here today. Maybe you were moved by the Holy Spirit to come into the modern-day temple courts, Bonnie Lake High School. I don't know. But anyway, you know, that's what he did. He just kind of, okay, I'm going to go to church. I I feel like God's 
said I should be there. So he finds himself present in church. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Dr. Snippy, right? That's kind of what was happening in circumcision. Anyway, going on, verse 28. Simeon took him into his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Right? Again, Jesus is a light. And it uses these two words here, Gentiles and like your people Israel. What is that talking about? Gentiles were people who were not in the line of like all that you read about in the Old Testament. They weren't the chosen people of God. They didn't have war victories and the favor of God upon them. These were people outside of the covering of God. Gentiles, non-believers, those who never grew up in the church, whose parents never took them to church, whose grandparents never took them to church. They had no heritage of faith whatsoever. And all of a sudden, for the first time in Scripture, we see a light for revelation to the Gentiles. Jesus has come so that even the, those outside of the Israelite lineage could have eternal life. It's actually kind of an incredible moment. Maybe you question your worthiness of even showing up at church today. I think we all should, right? Even if, like, you haven't been written about in all the magazines and have a really long beard, you still can come to church, right? Anybody on social media this week? Okay, never mind. Um, uh, so that, you know, to receive a, a resp- I, I was confused. Are we celebrating Christmas or bearded men that are from the South? That was kind of, it's been a week, right? Duck Dynasty, okay, never mind. Uh, maybe you question your worthiness, right? And I do. I have many a time gone, okay, Lord, this has happened to me because of me. No. None of us are worthy. That's why Jesus came. We tried to be worthy for hundreds of years, and it didn't work. That's why God sent Jesus. None of us are worthy. Maybe you know the things you do or have done, and you know that they'd probably set odds between you and any God, for that matter, let alone God. But He was crazy enough to send his son for you. He was crazy enough to initiate the relationship with you. You will not find that in any other religious practice. God initiated the relationship. It doesn't start with you. You can't work your way into favor. You can't do right enough. In fact, if you do wrong enough, you have a greater chance of seeing the light. Don't go out and do a lot of wrong. Well, pastor said... On Christmas, I'm supposed to do more wrong on vacation, Dad. No. No, 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 no. It's not exactly what I said. Anyway, uh, so there's good news. I mean, this is the deal, is we don't qualify. None of us qualify. But Jesus still came to pursue us, show us love, bring peace and hope. John 3, 16, you're familiar with this. You see it on people's shirts, but you might not know what it says. Uh, It says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It's a promise. 
It goes on to say this, which is important to know. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he's not believed in the name of God, one and only Son, Jesus. Do you believe? I mean, in a season when you're being asked if you believe in Santa, you know, do you believe? It, it sounds kind of Christmassy, right? Do you believe? Well, that's the question, though. Do you believe? There's no time like the present to believe that God did really, honestly, historically, tangibly send His Son, the light, for you and me. It's kind of a cool story. It's real. It goes on to say this in verse 19. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. See, they were, I'm ashamed. My deeds are evil. I got I to hide from the light. Don't hide any longer. No need to be ashamed. Just if it can come into the light, there's no more victory in darkness. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Come into the light today. Now I sound like a reality show. <laughs> Come into the light, right? I sound like I'm being interviewed and talking to your old relatives, but that's not the same light that we're talking about. Come into the light, Jesus. Come into relationship with Jesus. Open up your life to the one who can bring you into peace and hope and love. Not to judge, not to, to condemn. That's not the goal of faith. The goal is to be light. John 8, 12 says it this way. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world, right? Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So now if you follow Jesus, you have the light of life. Like, not that Jesus is just this light over here. Like, now it's, it's your possession. I want this. I want life. I want to I live an open life. I don't mind being in the light. That's kind of the name of the church, right? Like open life. Let's live life open.com. Anyway, that's just, that's, that's, uh, here we are. Uh, was that, that was kind of like branding or something. But anyway, it's like that's, that's where this whole idea came of of this church that's almost four years old. We'll celebrate in just like three weeks. I just look at this and I go, why hide any longer? We're supposed to be living with the light of life in us, evident. What moment are you in? Are you in a dark moment or are you God's light? He gave you light and He still does. And now you're responsible for it. Jesus was the light of the world, but now it's our responsibility because Ephesians 5.8 says, For you were once darkness, now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Final point, number two, you are now the light of this world. They're desperate for it. You're the light of the world. When you choose to follow Jesus, it's like you plug the bulb in. It's like, bang, right? You're now the light. You're the light carriers now. It's up to you to celebrate the light and to share the light to connect others to the light. We're people leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. 
In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. That's why I put so many Christmas lights on my house. I'm just kidding. That's not why. <laughs> but there's a lot there, and they're all white, right? And it's just like bright, and it's like, wah! Well, that's okay. They'll outlaw those C9 bulbs soon anyway, right? But we got to just be the light of the world, and that's not exactly what God was speaking about. He's just talking about we should be the ones filled with hope for others and, and bring the peace into the room. And we should be the lovers of others, not the condemners and judgers and saying foul things about them. We need to be the ones who are open and loving and, and embracing to this world we live in. It's kind of interesting, you know, you can't go outside. Well, because it's cloudy in, in Washington, you can't do this. But in most places when it's like, when there's, it, it's daytime, you can't see that there's actually stars present, right? It would take an eclipse to happen. It'd have to be dark. But then you'd realize, oh, the stars are there. And sometimes in, in life, the, the, the brightness is so the, the, the sun is so bright that we don't have the opportunity to, be, to see the light that's actually out there. And, and I think sometimes uh, in our world, we just think, I'm just an insignificant star. I'm not going to make a, a difference in people's lives. So we depend on someone else to be that light. And, and maybe somebody's a little more vocal about what God is doing in their world than than another, and so you think, well, they're the bright sun in the room, and I'm just a star. I'm insignificant. Nobody can see me anyway. Don't listen to that. Realize at any moment that that person can be in a season where they're eclipsed, like who used to be the brightest could be the darkest in the room at any moment, be it an error or whatever happened in their life, and you still need to shine. You might as well shine now before that moment happens. We should all shine in here. We should all be a light to, to the world around us. And we're told here in this passage that our deeds are that light. Our deeds don't earn us favor to have a relationship with Jesus. We can't earn a way into a relationship with Jesus. But we can deed our way into others knowing about Jesus. That's why I'm so proud of Open Life for doing things like the school supply giveaway at Liberty Ridge Elementary or Big Give or the gifts to, to the local elementary school, Liberty Ridge, as well. Or like today, giving money to Convoy of Hope so they can be first responders to disasters around the world. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of you being a light and being a part of it. You're a part of something bigger than yourself today, whether you knew it or not. Now, I want you to join with us. I want you to, to take the next step today. And maybe you've never made a decision to embrace this light or embrace a relationship with Jesus. Hope has come for you today. I want you to embrace that. I want you to look at the next steps on the back of that connection card that you sat on or hopefully you've filled out by now. We'd love to know that you're here today. But we want to invite you in, in to see what's your next step with this understanding. God sent his son. He did this. The light of the world. Are we going to be those who continue to live in darkness and ignore the light? Or are we going to say, okay, let's do this. Let's live surrendered to the light. Yes, but as well, next step would be I'm going to live being the light. What's your next step? What's the next moment for you? I want to pray for you. 
And uh, I'm going to pray first for those who just need to invite Jesus to be Savior in their life. Man, that's the first step. Maybe some of you, you're not to that point yet. You're like, whoa, whoa, hold down. That's like weird meter. Like, what are you talking about, right? Well, some of you, like me, I sat in church for six months just listening, going, this is kind of making sense and freaking me out all at the same time. So just start the journey to discover more about this light. Just whatever you do, don't hide from the light. Start the journey. Others of you are realizing, okay, I've had this light and I've just kind of put it under a bowl. Why have I done that? Let your goal for 2014 to be take the bowl off, right? Let's share this light with others. Let's invite others into this light. God, I thank you for this group of amazing people here in Bonnie Lake. I love this city. I love being a blessing to this city. I love investing my life and my family into this community. And I know that's what you've called us to do, to be a light into the world. And you continually to stretch us and have us walk through open doors. Not just us, not just me, but like all of us. We, we go at it and we make a difference in the world around us. And we give you thanks for the opportunity we have to do that. But Lord, I, I, I pray for some in this room who maybe they've been on the journey of inquiring or not being afraid of the light for a while. And today it's just that day when it clicks and they go, okay, I need to invite the light to be my Lord and Savior. I, I choose to follow Jesus today. I want to grow in relationship with Jesus. I want to grow in relationship with the Son of God. This is not just baby in a manger time. This is like a relationship I need to have in my lifetime. Simply just say, Jesus, come into my life. I want you to be my Savior. Just pray that. It's nothing fancy. It's pretty uncomplicated. But God, we invite you into our lives to be our Savior. Forgive us of the sins that we do. We know we couldn't earn this relationship with you, but we thank you for coming after us, bringing us hope and peace. And God, I pray for those as well that just this is going to be the beginning of a long journey for them. I pray that we could be part of their story as they watch their willingness to learn more about you unfold. And I just give you praise for the day already where it's going to make sense. It's going to click of just how much you love them. Maybe it's going to be in the new year when we come back together at Open Life on January 5th and they'll just start coming. Maybe when we jump into this series, we're going to go through the book of Luke just learning about Jesus. Maybe that's when they're going to discover your Savior, your Lord. But God, I just pray that people would not be afraid of the journey, but run to you. I thank you for this day. We celebrate Christmas because you're a light that's come for us. In Jesus' name, amen.